0: Thank you you very much. Um, We'll slowly get started on this today. My sermon today is about mysteries and the mysteries of God. I love mysteries. I don't know about you, but I love mysteries. There are a couple mysteries I don't like, like where are my glasses, where are the keys, you know, those kind of mysteries I don't like. But there are there are mysteries. I, I like watching mystery shows on TV. I like watching well. You know, puzzles, as long as they're not too difficult, I'm good with. And I like mysteries. Here's a couple mysteries for you to look at. Go ahead. and I have a remote control. I say change the slides, and it happens today (coughs) is how that's going to work. This is the sailing rocks of Death Valley. Have you ever seen them? I kind of like to see them in person. The mystery over the years has been, how do they do that? I'm, I'm sorry. I, okay. <laughs> uh, my wife gives me clues, and I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> so if I, if I have a blank look, you'll know that I was given a clue. <laughs> and I have no idea what she's saying. But anyway, the, the way these work is it has to have a flat spot. There has to be some moisture, and there has to be some ice. And when the ice melts and the wind blows, the rocks move. If, they have, if they're smooth on the bottom, they just move randomly. But if they're coarse on the bottom, they'll move straight, and sometimes they'll turn over and change directions. The longest one they found is about 300 feet, the longest trail. Pretty impressive, isn't it? It's a mystery until they figure out what it is. And then the next one is the Northern Lights. Have you seen the Northern Lights down here? The first time I ever saw northern lights was in Nampa, Idaho, in college. It was the eeriest thing I ever saw. I had no idea what was going on with that. Because I grew up in eastern Washington. We didn't have things like that this far down. But the northern lights are gorgeous, and I'm sure they used to be a mystery to a lot of people. But here's the bottom line. When charged particles of the sun strike atoms in Earth's atmosphere, they cause electrons in the atoms to move at a high energy state when the electrons drop down to a lower energy state they release a photon light wow isn't that something and, and we have mysteries all through our, our lives and we have mysteries in our, our relationship with God too and the first mystery is why does Jesus love me you don't know me well enough to answer that question or wonder if he loves me or not, but put it this way Why does Jesus love you? It's a mystery. Why would he? We know that we don't deserve it. If you think you do deserve it, come talk to me this week before I go to district assembly and I'll help straighten you out, and let you know that you're just like the rest of us and we don't deserve it. But it's a mystery. And we can say, you know, that, that song from our childhood, Jesus loves me, this I know. Okay, I'm talking people my age and older. Exactly right. Because the Bible tells me so. But that, doesn't, that song doesn't tell us why he loves us. It just tells us that he does love us. And to find out why, we have to get farther in depth. In depth. But let's ask another mystery. Why was I created? Why was I created? You could ask that question yourself. Why were you created? Don't ask of your spouse, why were you created? Or or of the guy next to you, why were you created? But isn't it a mystery? And one of the questions that I always had as a kid, and in a little bit I'll get more into my into a little history of me. What's God's will for my life? You ever ask that question? Do you still ask that question? And no matter what age you are, there's that question. Do you want to know what God's will for your life is? I can solve your problem now. It's in John chapter 6. Or it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Fear God and keep His commands. That's... that's why you were created. But it goes more than that. How do we fear God and how do we keep his commands? And then we start going, well, but there's all these commands. How do I keep all these commands? And I can help you out with that too. Mark 12, 29 to 31, which you'll hear me quote a lot. It's out of Deuteronomy. It's actually Jesus quoting Deuteronomy. But you'll hear me quote this a lot and in in sometimes you'll hear it so much that you're not going to, you'll say, you know, we've heard that one before. But you have to know this one because Mark 12, 29 to 31 says, Hear, O Israel, hear, the Lord our God is one. That means there's only one God. There aren't a bunch of them. The Lord our God is one, one God. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart heart and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. A lot of people quote that same scripture out of of Matthew. I don't like quoting it out of Matthew because they leave out with all of your strength. And it's all four, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. All of your heart, your passion is to love God. Your soul, who you are, is to love God. Your mind, what you think is to love God, and your strength, what you do is to love God. And the second one is like it love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the laws and the prophets. So that's how you keep God's, that's how you fear God and keep His commands, or that's how you keep His commands. But yet, there's more to it than that. And together we're going to discover those things and not, it won't all be discovered today. But you also need to know why you were created. Is found in Ephesians 2.10. And none of these scriptures are up there, so you're going to have to write them down and look them up. And this is, what, this is what I say to people, so I should say it to you since it's my first Sunday. Write the scripture down. Go home and read around the scripture and see if I'm telling you the truth. Don't just blindly take what I say. And if you don't agree with what I say, come talk to me. Don't just disappear and don't just talk to everybody else. Just come talk to me. And and if I'm wrong, I will apologize and make it right. And if I'm right, we'll still be good. But I want you to be like the Bereans that Paul talked about. They would go home and study the Scripture after Paul preached. I want you to be that. And here's why I want you to be that. Worshiping God isn't just Sunday morning. From 1045 to 1230. It's more than that. It's what you do your whole life. And you can't love God and fear God and keep His commands if you don't know God. If you don't know God. And the more you know God, the more you will love Him. And keep His command. So write these things down because Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's handiwork. So look at the person next to you and say you're God's handiwork. Okay, now say it like you mean it. Okay? Don't just mumble it. Actually mean it. (laughs) Because you are God's handiwork. We're like snowflakes. There is nobody else like me, and you can thank God for that as you get to know me. There's nobody else like me, and there's nobody else like you. I have twin sisters, Sharon and Karen. They're five minutes apart. They are so identical, their kids who are in their 30s can't tell them apart. One lives in Washington, one lives in Dayton, Ohio. And when they get together... The kids will go to the wrong one and call her mom. And they just start smirking and they go, oh, you're not my mom, are you? (laughs) But yet, even they're different. They're so identical that they both went into the hospital, one in Washington and one in Dayton, the same day, the same hour, with gallbladder problems. That's how identical they are. But they're different. They're God's handiwork. You're different. Don't say to the person next to you, you're different. They already know that. But we're God's handiwork, and we were created to do good works that God planned in advance for us to do. And as we grow together, we're going to learn what those works are, but let me give you a hint. It's not doing things. It's the, the good works goes right along with the store-up-for-yourselves treasures in heaven. And I always thought as a kid, the store-up-for-yourselves treasures in heaven was gold, you know, a nice place to live and all that. Do you know what the treasures in heaven are? You. You. Your family, your kids, your friends. And when you get to heaven the crowns and your jewel are going to be the people that are there because you lived for Jesus Christ here on earth. And and how you live for Jesus Christ here on earth is doing the good works that he has planned in advance for you to do. The good works aren't just be nice to somebody. It's an opportunity to plant a seed about God's love. It's an opportunity, if somebody else has planted a seed, to lead somebody to the Lord. It's the opportunity to disciple somebody that's the good works that he's planned in advance and and most of the good works we don't even realize we're doing them till they're all done i i've been in the ministry for 30 i'm starting my 34th year so i'm at least 35 years old and And the first 19 and a half years of my ministry is in youth ministry. And a lot of you heard that if you came to the potluck and to the breakfast. um, How long ago was that? March. There we go. In March. But some of you didn't hear it. And it's amazing to me to have somebody come up to me that I knew as a teenager. And it doesn't happen very often because we've moved around a bit. But or come across them on Facebook and see how Lynn's in my life influenced them. Because right now the, the oldest teenager that we worked with would be in their 50s. So, you know, some of them have grandkids. And to see how God used us in their lives, and then Lynn looks at me or I look at her sometimes and go, who was that, <laughs> you know? and sometimes we sometimes i go wow i just thought that person was going to be in jail by now <laughs> you know and but but the good works that we do that affect people's lives that's why we're created and so here's another mystery why are my sins forgiven why 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 are your sins forgiven? We already start, I already started at the beginning saying, you don't deserve it. Which I don't too. But why are our sins forgiven? And we're going to find that as we go along. In, in our, as we travel together, why our sins are forgiven. I will tell you the answer now, because God loves you. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you even knew you wanted it. It's because God loves you so much He wants to have a relationship with you. You have never wanted to have a relationship with God as much as He wants to have with you. Ever. He's so passionate about us that His Son Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's how much God wants you. and what he will do to have you. So why are we here? Why are we here? Why am I here? Why is Lynn here? By the way, Lynn, stand up because they don't all know you. I'll put you on the spot. Here comes, stand up here because you're short. (laughs) This is Lynn. We have three girls. They all got their looks from me because she still has hers. (laughs) She's tired of hearing me say that. Um, We've been married. This year will be 33 years in September. Yep, she was 11 when we got married. (laughs) Um, Lynn grew up in the Grand, and Kate, I know that you've heard all this, some of you have. She grew up in, she was born in the Grand. Moved to Kansas. Her dad was a train master for the Union Pacific Railroad, then moved back to Le Grand to graduate. Went to NNU, and that's where we met. We have three girls. You can sit down if you want. Or you can stay here. Either one. We have three girls. Yeah. We have three girls, Erin, who will be 30 in June. So we're reaching a new decade in our lives. Uh, She's married to Blaine. And they live in Berkeley, California. Don't hold it against them. He works for the Berkeley, the National Berkeley National Inst- Research Institute, and they'll be here Memorial Weekend, so you get to see them. We our middle daughter's Kelsey. She'll be 29 this year. She teaches school. Um, I want to I want to say Ridgefield, but it's not quite that far up, where I-5 and 205 come together in Vancouver. She teaches school there. Uh, And she's married. Her husband, Kyle, is a a 2D, 3D graphic artist. They live in downtown Portland. Don't hold that against them either. Um, Kyle's from the Dalles, and Kelsey graduated from the Dalles. And then our youngest, Elise, who is in China right now, uh, she is coming home on Wednesday. She's coming back to Portland. And then um, she was teaching kindergarten in Chengdu, Sichuan, China. And so she won't be here on Mother's Day, though. But the next Sunday she'll probably be here, unless she goes someplace else. She she has all these plans that she has, and she has our car. So we don't know <laughs> when we'll ever see her again. Uh, she's 23. Is that right? Yeah, 23. She's 23, and all three of our girls graduated from Northwest Nazarene University, and one son-in-law graduated from there. I graduated from there. And we've been around. I was called into the ministry at 13, and I never thought I'd be in John Day, Oregon. I never thought I'd be a senior pastor, because when I was called into the ministry, it was called to be a youth pastor, I was pretty sure. and but But this is what I've discovered, working with adults, it's like working with teens. They just move a little slower, and they have more money. So it's about the same. So the transition has been good for us. But when I was 17, I knew I didn't want to go into the ministry, and I told God so. So I went to Phoenix, Arizona to go to DeVry Institute of Technology. That would have been in 1977 to design computers. And that only lasted about six months when I realized God was right and I was wrong. And moved to Nampa with, to live with my two older sisters and get a job till school started uh, in the fall. And I knew I was in the right spot when I moved to Nampa. And I started looking for a job. And everybody's telling me, oh, there's no jobs here. This was in 1978. There's a little recession going on then. There's no jobs around here. I went to the, the first place I went to was a molding plant. You know, they made the molding around the doors and baseboards, things like that. I went to the molding plant, and they said, we're not hiring. And I said, can I fill out an application anyway? And they go, okay, but we're not hiring. And I went home for lunch, and the phone rang and said, can you come to work at 2 o'clock? <laughs> and that was the first place I went to on the first day I looked for a job, and they weren't hiring. And that helped me get started in school. And I have battled God off and on since then in college. I, the reason, one of the reasons I knew it was youth ministry is because I wouldn't have to talk in front of people like this. I dropped out of, I dropped out of the speech class three times, but to get my degree I had to do it. But I dropped out three times because I didn't like giving speeches. Now my, I'm told by some people that I, I sometimes talk too much. And it's purely a will of God. And why are we here? Why are we here? And why are are you here? And how did we come together? It's purely God. Just look back at the history of your church and the things that you've been through. And you look back at the history of me and Lynn and the things we've been through. We've been all over the Northwest from Montana to Calgary, Alberta, to Seattle, to... Salem, tri-cities, we've been around. And we end up in John Day. And this is, tell me if I'm right or wrong. John Day's like North Dakota. Everybody's from there. <laughs> or they're related to somebody from there. In, in Oak in Oakridge, um last last Sunday a guy came up to me and he goes, I have a nephew in John Day, works for the Forest Service. His name's LeDuc, If you ever run into him, his last name's LaDuke. And I'm going, wow. And and there were other people say, oh, we got relatives in John Day. A lady in our church goes, I have a niece that lives in John Day. We're going to come visit her and visit you too. <laughs> and and so I've decided that that John Day's a lot like North Dakota. Everybody's from there. When we lived in Montana, half the church board was from North Dakota, and the pastor goes, why is everybody from North Dakota? And this is an answer, and you can hold on to this. A guy from North Dakota said, we're missionaries. And so you can hold on to that. If you're from John Day, and you go someplace else, it's because you're a missionary to help save the rest of the world. But... I do want to thank you, though, for the way that you've helped Lynn and I. Uh, the, you've probably all heard the story. As soon as we got here on Monday, Lynn decided to get sick. And But the way you helped us unpack on Tuesday, those of you that helped, I want to thank you very much. And the food that you've brought to us has been great. It's been all good, and you've all made us feel welcome. I appreciate that very much. And I know that I'm going to have a good time here. Lynn's going to have a good time here. What you've done to prepare the parsonage for us and, and all that's going on in this church, we're going to be excited to be a part of. And we're glad that you're a part of this too. And there will be times that... I will step on your toes, and I'll apologize, and we'll forgive each other and go on. There'll be times that you'll step on my toes. That'll be okay, too, because half the time I can't get them out of the road anyway, so it'll be all right, and and we'll just apologize, and we'll go on because we are, and I've noticed just watching you guys this morning and through this week, we're definitely a family here. And the way that you've adopted Lynn and I into it, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate that very much. And so one of the mysteries is also, why should we worship God? Because worship, you heard me say earlier, worship is not just this hour on Sundays. and and worship is a lifestyle and, and worship is what we do that's what i used to tell my girls when they were go out i didn't tell them every time i would say you're a johnson act like a johnson which can get you in trouble once you get to know the johnsons a little bit but but it's it's really you know you're representing me and my family out there so Act like you represent me and my family. And so what we can say and what the Bible says is you're a Christian or you love God, so act like you love God. It puts a lot of stuff on us, doesn't it? Then you read scriptures like my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And and will you flip it to the First Timothy scripture, please? 1st Timothy 3:14 Although I hope I can come to you soon I am writing these things to you now Then I have to back up Then even I am de- then even if I am delayed you will know how to live in the family of God That family is the church of the living God the support and foundation of the truth Without doubt The secret of our life of worship is great. He was shown to us in a human body, proved right in spirit, and seen by angels. He was preached to those who are not Jews, believed in by the world, and taken up in glory. And there's why we're here. The secret's solved. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ is why we're here. The reason I live in John Day, the reason I'm married to Lynn, the reason we have children, the reason that we're in the ministry is Jesus Christ. The reason that you're here is Jesus Christ. And none of us can come to God unless He calls us. But He calls us because He loves us and God is love, which solves the mystery. Why does He love us? Because He is love. You are his handiwork. I am his handiwork. We're unique to do the things that he has called us to do. He loves us. And that's why we were able to come to John Day. I don't know if you realize how fast things worked for us for for Lynn and I. I don't know if you realize that in March, you extended that you had the vote and extended the call for us to come as your pastors. We said yes. We started working on the house to put it up for sale. And then on Thursday of the, the spring roundup, we put it on the market. Now Thursday afternoon it was shown. On Friday there was an offer. And we closed on last Monday as we were driving out of town. We signed the papers we came here if that's not god and our realtor who is a christian she goes wow that was definitely god because around here it takes 120 days or more to sell a house we sold it in 3 weeks from the offer to the final signing of the paper and the money switching hands 3 weeks you can't tell me that's not god and look and look at your side of it too all that god's done to prepare you if Pastor Bob was like an angel that came and and helped you guys and, and get you ready for the next step of ministry for this church. If that wasn't God, I don't know what was. And why is it? Because He loves us and He is love. And the cool thing is the reason he's using you is because he loves your family and he loves your friends and he loves your neighbors and the people that you work with and the people you come in contact with too. He loves them as much as he loves you, and you get to be the spark that sets the fire off in their life. So we have to live like we love God so that they can love God too. The story goes, a a man named Joe was working in a... A rescue mission, and Joe had lived on the streets for years. He found Jesus Joe would help all he would do whatever was asked. he would clean up the vomit from the the drunks he would clean up the mess in the bathroom he would clean the kitchen he would serve food and the a guest pastor came was preaching and a, and one of the guys in the mission came running down to the altar, and he's he's praying, God, make me like Joe. And the preacher goes, don't you mean make you like Jesus? And the guy said, who's Jesus? And then he said, if he's anything like Joe, I want to be like Jesus. That's what you need to be. That's what we need to be. That's the good works that God created for us to Shine like a light into the darkness around us so that people will say, God, help me know Jesus. So let's just take a little poll. How many of you uh, came to church or came to know Jesus all by yourself, never hearing about him, you just showed up? How many of you came to know Jesus because somebody else told you about him? That's our job. That's our good works, to live Jesus, with our whole lives, into the community. That's what He's called us to do. And in 1 Corinthians chapter two, verse six through 10, did I give you that one? Yeah It says this: "However, I speak a wisdom to those who are mature." But this wisdom is not from this world or from the rulers of this world who are losing their power. I speak God's secret wisdom. There's the mystery right there. Which is kept hidden before the world began. God planned this wisdom for our glory. None of the rulers of this world understand it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written in the scriptures, no one has ever seen this and no one has ever heard about it. No one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has shown us these things through the Spirit. The Spirit searches out all things, even the deepest secrets of God. And so our life's a mystery. And we're on a mystery, aren't we? And we get to seek out God's secrets as the holy spirit leads us together what's going to happen here i don't know but i know this god's going to lead it it will change you and it will change me i want you to know i'm excited for it i'm excited for what god is doing and going to be doing in our lives not only individually but as a group and as a body And so I'd like to pray for us. And if you'll stand with me, we'll pray. I know that church is getting out a couple minutes early, but there's soup downstairs. (laughs) So I'll pray for that too.